We are the pinnacle of God's creation on earth. We often forget that last part. God has created other beings superior to us. He didn't create us because He was lonely. He created us to be His witnesses. I'm part of the great controversy. So are you. We all are. We are to be the witnesses for the defense. We are the best defense of His love, mercy, and most of all, of His grace. We were created by God to show the rest of creation that His love is sufficient. His mercy heals, and His grace endures. And that the devil deceived a third that chose not to see it. I'm Andrew Campbell, and this is Sabbath School University. Offering information for your mind. Enabling transformation for your heart. Sabbath School U, a weekly dialogue exploring God's Word and its application for today's world. Welcome to another episode of Sabbath School University. Today we have three first-time guests with us, and I'm going to invite you to introduce yourselves. Uh, give, give me your name, uh, what's your major, and tell me where you're from and something special or significant about where you're from. My name is Steve, and I'm here uh, studying church history. Okay. And I'm from Los Angeles, California. And what I find to be unique about Los Angeles is the smog, <laughs> which is so prevalent and so well-known throughout the world. <laughs> I'm Stephanie Racinos. Um, I'm journalism and music major. I'm from Houston, Texas. And one thing that I love about Texas, and that's unique, is everything is bigger in Texas. Uh, so, you know, you buy your hot dogs and they're like right. this big. So yeah. Be careful <laughs> when you order larges. All right. <laughs> hey, I'm Kelly Jean Phillip mm -hmm. uh, from Philadelphia. Here studying in the seminary, first year. All right. Um, one thing unique about Philadelphia, actually there are a lot of things, but um, I'd say Philadelphia is mostly known for its Philly cheesesteak. All right. Yeah, All right. Philly cheesesteak, everything on it. I see, I see. <laughs> now, we're going to get into the lesson, but before we do that, Stephanie, I'm going to invite you to read our key texts and pray. Okay. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who has made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Psalms 103. It's powered heads. Padre nuestro que estás en el cielo, santificado y glorificado sea tu santo nombre. Te damos gracias por otro día más de vida que nos regalaste. Y te damos gracias por la oportunidad de reunirnos y hablar y aprender más de tu palabra. Te pido ahora que abras nuestras mentes y nuestros corazones para poder recibir el mensaje que quieres que um, obtengamos. En el nombre de Jesús. Amén. Amén. Now, that was Spanish. Spanish. All right, good. <laughs> and I guess you learned it in Texas? Yes. All right, Texas. great. So now, this week, you know, we're talking about God, uh, God's handiwork, which is man. And um, Stephanie, to get us started, you know, what does being made in God's image mean to you personally? You know, personally to me, being made in God's image, that means that we were made to resemble God, okay. you know, in simplest terms. So, you know, not necessarily in flesh and blood because, you know, but John 4, 24 says that we are, that God is spirit. Uh -huh. So, yeah, we were, when we were created, we were set apart from anything else God created. Okay, so, okay, okay. 
And then what was special about the way that God created man? Uh, you know, I think he spoke everything else into existence. Okay, okay. And when he came to creating man, mm -hmm. um, he actually decided that he would create man with his hands mm -hmm. in his image. Yeah. And that just made man, you know, that makes us more special, yeah. I think, than not that the rest of creation is not, but the creation of men, the fact that God used his hands and he, you know, poured himself into the creation of mm -hmm. man. I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I think um, also in chapter two of Genesis, it says that he formed, you know, the, the other creatures from, from the earth too. Um, but man was the part of his creation that he created in his image, you know. And uh, so, Steve, what, I mean, when, when I say to you that you're created in God's image, if that's something that you've never heard before, what does that mean to you? To me, that means that I was created with a lot of value. Okay. Mm -hmm. It means that God has taken a special interest in me as one of his sons. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, follow-up question. Uh, Genesis 1.27 is, in a sense, contradictory to the general worldview today. Uh, you know, the prominent worldview of our time. Why would you say that it's contradictory? I think it's contradictory because much of the world has followed the principles of Darwin and Darwinism. Okay. Evolution. Yeah. Evolution. Yeah. And much of the world, um, you know, as a friend of mine says, teach that we go from goo to the zoo, oh, okay, to okay. you, <laughs> you see. I've never heard that one before. And yeah. I find that what the Bible is saying is that, you know, we don't descend from monkeys or apes, mm -hmm. but rather we are made by the hand of God himself. Yeah. We're sons and daughters of God. Yeah. yeah. Now, I mean, um, why do you think evolution, is it compatible at all with, you know, the Bible, with believing in God? Um, I believe that evolution and the Bible can go hand in hand. Um, I think the problem is, though, somewhere along the lines, we've stopped listening to each other and okay. we continue talking past one another. Yeah. Um, God created the world. He created the laws that govern the world. All Therefore, right. he created science and everything scientific about our world. God mm -hmm. created. So... He also inspired His Holy Word, the Bible. God will not contradict Himself in these two mediums. Okay. So there's a point where evolution can help the Bible, and there's a point where the Bible can help evolution. Now, it's important for someone to understand what the word evolution even means, right? Correct. Because there are different types of evolution. Right. And, you know, you can talk about um, evolution on the microbi you know, microbiological level. Right, right. And, you know, that's something that, that uh, we don't have a problem uh, accepting. We, we, you know, that, you know, bacteria, they, they right. you know, evolve and, and stuff like that. That's right. You know, they can adapt to, you know, you have a medicine that you have a disease and there's a medicine that works for that disease now, but then later on, somehow that medicine doesn't work anymore because that bacteria that causes this, the disease, you know, somehow has been able to resist right. the medicine. Right. You know, that's something that we can definitely accept. Right. But now when we talk about what's in the Bible and we talk about what you mentioned, yeah. you know, goo to zoo to you, <laughs> now that is where it becomes incompatible. Right. 
And uh, you know, one of the things that, that I've heard is something called uh, theistic evolution. Mm. Essentially that God somehow aided this process of goo to you, to, to goo to you eventually. What, what are some of the problems that come up if you say that God was who did I, this process? I think the greatest problem with theistic evolution is that the Bible is clear that God created the heavens and the earth in six days, okay. and on the seventh He rested. Uh -huh. And so just the clear Word of God teaches that not a long age of creation, or, or evolution in mm -hmm. this case, but rather a creation that took place in six days mm -hmm. by the power of God's Word. Yeah, yeah. And then when you talk about evolution, usually you're talking about millions, billions, not days, but years. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's definitely that's a big contradictory, uh, yeah. you know, contradiction there. So Stephanie, uh, keep us rolling here and talk about how violence, suffering, and death um, fit into the biblical worldview. You know, it's it's sin. It all comes down to sin. Okay. We're not supposed to be suffering, but because of sin, this all has to be. And you know, Matthew twenty-four. Okay. Um, let me look it up. I want to read that with y'all because yeah. that really scares me. What it says, but. Okay. When we are in Christ, we, you know, we know what is coming. It says, Matthew 24, verses 4, And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ. I will deceive many, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom and there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. Mm. All these are the beginnings of sorrows. Yeah. So if we're not fully grounded in God, you know, it's, yeah. we have no hope. So. But I think you, you got the crux of the issue from the very beginning where you said that these things are a result of sin. Now, follow me here, going back to theistic evolution. Mm -hmm. Theistic evolution says that God somehow guided this process of Darwinian you know, natural selection to finally create human beings, us today. Right. I think that one of the major things that's wrong with that view is that you have death happening that's right. before sin, you know, and the Bible teaches clearly that sin is the cause of death, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so, you know, when you have this thing of death now preceding sin, you're, you're really messing up the entire message of the Bible because, you know, what, what is the message of the Bible? If you could sum up the Bible perhaps in a, a sentence, what, what would the, the, one of the major uh, themes of the Bible be for you? Um, I would say uh, men sinned. Okay. Sin produced death. Uh -huh. Christ came to die for us to give us life. Amen. And, you know, that is the major theme of the Bible, how, how we deserve death because of sin, mm -hmm. but now Christ took our place and gives us life instead. So now, if death is not because of sin, then that throws off the whole equation. Right. Yeah. So, um, keeping going, Kelly. Uh, in what way is the unity between the first pair of humans extended to cover the unity of the entire human race? Um, you know, Adam and uh, Adam and Eve, when God created them, and after the fall, God showed mercy to them. Okay. And um, that same mercy that God portrayed to Adam and Eve at that moment 
which I would call their lowest moment, or at mm -hmm. least the first of their lowest moments. Um, as we continue to experience it daily, you know, us who are alive now, God continues to show us that same exact grace. Mm -hmm. And he continues to do the same thing that he did for Adam and Eve in yeah. the Garden of Eden. He does it daily for us today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, that's a wonderful truth. Another aspect of this whole thing of the unity in this question is, um, is that basically from evolution standpoint, um, we all kind of come from different paths and, right. you know, but when we think of creation and what the Bible says, we all come from the same place. You know, we're all one. Talk about, you know, what equality means to us just as human beings. That's right. I think it's significant because in the uh, evolutionary uh, way of thinking, mm -hmm. there's a belief that there are certain races that are more favored That's right. than others. Mm -hmm. That's right. Mm -hmm. And so within evolution is deeply embedded this, this racism uh -huh. that mm -hmm. is very overt. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but on the other hand, the Bible teaches that we are created by the Creator God mm -hmm. and that our first parents are Adam and Eve. Yeah. This teaches us that we come um, from one family, yeah. and that's the family of God. That's right, that's right. If I may add another thing, um, the fact that, as you said, within um, evolution, you said there's this racism that's embedded in it. Mm -hmm. I mean, in the core of things, we are all created in God's image. That's mm -hmm. right. You know, re regardless of skin complexion mm -hmm. or anything like that, I mean, how do you explain that? I really don't know. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is our origin, our true origin, is from the Creator Himself. Yeah. So we cannot be hostile towards one another yeah. if we're all created yeah. mm -hmm. in God's image. Yeah. And you know, Stephanie, I'm, one thing I'm thinking about right now is just the, how if you, take, if you take the evolutionary model, right, and you say that, <clears throat> yes, man is more valuable than Eat, uh, frogs, and <laughs> frogs are perhaps more valuable than amoebas. You know, you have this hierarchy because of this evolutionary model. You cannot escape the fact that if you follow this evolutionary model for, for thinking, there has to be some forms of human beings that are superior than, than, than others if you follow the evolutionary way of thinking. And you know, that's what, that's what Hitler basically took to its logical end. You know, that his race was superior to another race mm -hmm. and basically um, caused this atrocity in human history. Um, and it's just the natural end to evolution. But where, when we think about the Bible and what the Bible says about us being created in the image of God, there is equality. Amen. Among Amen. everyone. Amen. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that, that I think about when, when I think about evolution, and before I share, I'm going to actually um, set this up. So I want you to each tell me, when you think of scientific advances, you know, scientific progress, what are some of the things that you think about, you know, you know just major sci scientific innovations that impress you? I think the, the rise and growth of the internet. Okay, okay. Definitely technology for me. It's, yeah. It amazes me how you know, far we've come uh -huh. from where we started. Yeah. Um, not too long ago I was reading an article about being able to genetically create your 
baby, pretty okay. much. And okay. that really caught my attention. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, we live in an age that is so advanced scientifically, right? Mm -hmm. Now, this is where I'm going with, with this. We're so advanced scientifically, right? But yet, even with all this scientific knowledge that we've accumulated in a in controlled environmental, you know, controlled scientific environment, mm -hmm. we still cannot produce life from non-life. Mm -hmm. With all the scientific knowledge that we've accumulated, it's not possible, even right now today, it's not possible. And yet, you want to tell me that that could happen by accident in an uncontrolled environment? Mm -hmm. That's something that's really difficult for me to believe. Um, now, part of the promise of the Bible is restoration. And, uh, you know, Kelly, we're told that we will be restored into God's image. How are we supposed to understand this? What I believe is the way in which God intended for human beings to be is definitely not where we are now. Okay. Um, God intended us for us to be perfect human beings throughout eternity. Mm -hmm. Now we all know what happened, our Adam and Eve sinned, yeah. and now we're here. So everything that we know about us being here right now is due to sin, the violence, um, the different, I, I mean, everything. And what I think is God in this promise is mm -hmm. promising that right now he is working to restore us back to God's ideal purpose Absolutely. for human being. Absolutely. Because what really happened was the separation from God due to sin. Yeah. And God longs to bring us back to that path. To where he wanted us. Right. Now right. you're onto a, a really good point here because you're saying that the way things are now is not the way God initially intended it to be. Mm -hmm. Now, there's, there's a big thing going on in, in our generation now. One of the reasons why a lot of people say they can't believe in God is because of something called, it's a theolo theological word called theodicy. And it basically means, you know, if there's so much evil in the world, how can there be a good God, you know? Um, so does this, what he's saying now, does this at all answer this question of why there could be so much evil even though there is a good God? I think it does because I think that in order for God to be love and uh -huh. to be truly loving, He has to allow us to have the opportunity to choose mm -hmm. to love Him and to serve Him. That's right. Because if, if there's no choice, then I can't truly love because then I don't have no other option. That's right. Yeah. And I think that the fact that we have this wonderful gift of choice to choose whether we want to follow God or not this also comes with a great responsibility. How are we going to live? Mm. How are we going to train our children? Mm -hmm. What are we going to do with our environment? And so these things all have natural consequences just the same. Okay. So then when we choose the negative, right. when we choose, you know, the sinful stuff, what happens? What are the consequences? Um, it could be a lot of, you know, there's death, there's, you just tend to be angry. You, mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of you know, people come and talk to me and say, oh, you believe in your God, and this happens, you know, how, how do you still believe in this if this mm. is happening to you? And I just, you know, even I am in God, I am in faith, yes, but that does not mean that I'm not going to face consequences. Okay. If whenever I do that, I believe that it draws us nearer to Him, you know. He mm. allows these things to happen for us, so our relationship with Him could strengthen, could mm. be strengthened. Mm-hmm. 
I think Paul also says that we are hostile towards God because of our sinful nature. Yeah. So our hostility produces all the sin and chaos and violence and everything that is wrong with our world. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it, it, it is, it's definitely not God's intention for us to be hostile. Yeah. But if we even go back to the Garden of Eden, once Adam and Eve sinned, their hostility caused them to hide from God and wanted nothing to do with them. Yeah. And it was God who came out and sought after them just as he continues to seek after us even yeah. to this day. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, in the intro, I alluded to the great controversy, mm. you know, and that's, that's a principle that I think answers this question of theodicy. If there, if there is so much evil in this world, how can there be a good God? Talk, talk to me about what the great controversy means to you in terms of answering this question. Perhaps, you know, how Satan and his angels are, you know, this is cosmic conflict, cosmic war going on between God and Satan. To me, I think that the rate controversy reminds us that this isn't just an issue involving Earth. Okay. But this is a cosmic or universal uh, um, problem. Uh -huh. And that the Bible teaches that, that we are like a theater to the universe. Okay. Mm. And so the choices that we make uh, the things that we do, um, this is a, a battleground, uh, if you will, okay. uh, for good and for evil to be exhibited. Okay. And one of the most beautiful things I find in the Bible is that the Bible teaches that God desires to use His children that follow Him and that love Him and that serve Him uh -huh. to be um, examples of His wonderful grace and mercy by the way they live yeah. and how they treat people and how they love one another. Yeah. So then, basically, if, if I'm saying to you, I can't believe in your God because there's so much evil in this world, and, and you know, why doesn't He stop it? Why doesn't God just stop it all right now? He, if He has the power to mm -hmm. stop it, why doesn't He do it right now? How does it, you know, does the great controversy provide an answer that you can give to me, you know? I would say, well, I would say to the person first and foremost that I don't have the answer to that question, okay. you know, just to be honest with uh, myself and the person. Um, however, I would say that there are things because of our sinful nature that we cannot understand okay. in our state right now. And this great controversy is way beyond what we could ever imagine. Mm -hmm. um, I believe that the part of the great controversy is Satan and God fighting for your commitment and mine. Mm -hmm. And when it comes down to it, you know, we have to make a choice of who it is that we will be loyal to, yeah. uh, God or His enemy, His professed enemy. So there are things that are going to happen in life because Satan does not want, not even one soul, mm. to pledge allegiance to God. So I would say that all the violence, all the sin, everything that that particular person can even conceive being wrong in this world mm -hmm. are all Satan's attempt to keep that person from seeing the image of a perfect loving God. Mm -hmm. And if that does not clarify a few things, then, you know, honestly, I don't know what else to say. Yeah. 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 And sometimes the only light or love that a person will see is maybe our own lives, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. Now, Steve, I'm going to ask you the, the yeah. last question for today. So, um, though we can no more recreate ourselves than we can have created ourselves in the beginning. Basically, you know, we can't recreate ourselves just as we can't create ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, do we have any part to play? You know, if so, what is it in the whole restoration um, plan that God has? I believe we do. I think the Bible teaches this, this principle of cooperating with God. Yeah. You see, the Bible teaches that God will draw us. Yeah. Our part is to not resist His drawing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, the Bible teaches that that Jesus is the Savior and that by beholding Him will become changed into His image. Yeah. So our part is continue to behold Jesus, continue to uh, look upon Jesus, yeah. continue to be filled with the, with the thoughts of Jesus by studying His Word, mm -hmm. by spending time in prayer. And I believe this is essential to this uh, restoration being done in us. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, if I can add to that, Steve, I really like right. that. Um, I know a lot of times in my life, I have thought, man, this is a lot to do, you know, in terms of uh -huh. loving and serving God. And, but the more and more I study His Word, I realize that what God is asking from me, the studying of His Word and um, the prayer is but a speck compared to everything else that He does. Amen. Um, I think Paul says that the work that Christ began in you will be completed, which means that yeah. he's the one doing all the work. And the only thing he's asking for is that little bit of time where I spent with him in prayer, mm -hmm. where I read the word, where I reach out to somebody else and just tell that Amen. person of Amen. how good God is and the work that he's not doing, that he's not only doing in me, yeah. but also willing to do in that person as well. So the weight of everything falls on God. I mean, He is the one doing the work. Mm -hmm. And if we can only understand that, we begin to appreciate the fact that we are really in a very good place because God is taking care of the rest. Amen. Amen. We're about to wrap up. If you wanted to, I mean, they got it, their chance to give their last say. I'm going to give you a chance <laughs> to, you know, give your last two cents. Oh, I mean, I just, you know, wanted to share that. That's and it's such a wonderful concept that God chose us, you know. Yeah. Okay. We Amen. didn't choose yeah. Him, Amen. so Amen. But we have the opportunity, you know, why waste it, you know. Yeah. He, he's just waiting for us, and it's, it's so beautiful to me. I just, I can't comprehend it, and I don't think that we were made to, but yeah. we just need to accept it and embrace it. Absolutely. Yeah. I really enjoyed discussing the lesson with you, and, you know, we'll be, you know, delighted to have you on the show again. Um, if you would like to contact us, please visit our website at www.sabbathschoolu.org. That's www.sabbathschool.org. Remember, the goal of Bible study is information and transformation. It's for the head and for the heart. For Sabbath School U, I'm Andrew Campbell, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>